0: Looking for inspiring destinations, incredible places to stay, and the most exciting bucket list experiences to travel to next? Welcome to Destination Everywhere with hospitality and travel entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. Having traveled to over a hundred countries. Todd and Andy bring you unique perspectives with celebrities in the know, hospitality experts, and native connoisseurs to discover must-dos and inspirational destinations to plan your next trip for business or pleasure. So pack your bags and get ready as we bring you Destination Everywhere with Todd and Andy.
1: Isolated islands, intriguing histories, and rich culture can be discovered outside the resorts and tourist attractions, but you need to know where to look and how to traverse there safely. Today we are interviewing Emmy Award-winning journalist Peter Greenberg. This CBS travel editor has dug up some of the best-kept secrets in the Caribbean, Egypt, Dominican Republic, Western Europe, and more, and he's ready to share those with us today. Peter will also share his best travel advice and personal stories. Travel is about adventure and exploration, and you're sure to find that spirit ignited in today's episode of Destination Everywhere with award-winning travel journalist Peter Greenberg. Welcome, everyone, to Destination Everywhere. I'm Andy McNeil, along with Todd Bloodworth. And again, we're here for our second installation of our conversation with travel journalist Peter Greenberg with his hidden gems. And Peter won an Emmy. He's traveled all over the world. He's done both investigative reporting as well as travel experiences around the world and multiple shows. He's just going to give us the best of the best of what he has. Well, let's just jump right into our part two of our discussion with Peter Greenberg. What's the story that you're most proud of as an investigative journalist?
2: I don't know how much time we have because I don't have one. I mean, it's ranging from an investigative piece I did on the death of Freddie Prinz for those people who remember the star on the man back in the late 70s, to investigating airline crashes on the worst aviation disaster in American history, American Flight 191 on May 25th, 1979 in Chicago, or dealing with, I was the correspondent that did my fair share. I did all the Patty Hearst covers. I did almost all the Watergate covers. And of course, let's not forget OJ. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff there that ranges from political to crime to, uh, just crazy stuff.
1: And what have you uncovered about the travel industry that might help our guests maneuver the system a little easier? What should they be aware of that might be getting swept under the rugs when they start to travel?
2: Whenever I go anywhere, you name the destination, the Dominican Republic or Denver, what's the first place I stop at? The very first place I stop where I know I'm going to get all the information I need about that destination from credible sources. The first place I go is the fire department. And I'll tell you why. They've been in everybody's house. They've been in everybody's hotel. They've been in everybody's restaurant. They've been everywhere. They know where to go. They know where not to go. And guess what? They also know where to eat. Those are the men and women who are your most credible sources. And nobody figured that out yet. I figured it out because, by the way, I'm also a fireman here in New York. So I've done it since I'm 18 and I'm on duty three days a week, seven months a year. But I'm telling you, if you're looking for great and nonpartisan sources of information, stop at the firehouse. Unbelievable.
1: Now, how many times have you gotten the hand saying, no, this is absolutely, you can't come in here and do this. Or you get more, honey, what's the saying?
2: Well, here's the thing. You never ask permission, you beg forgiveness. That's number one. Number two- Don't tell
1: my kids that, but I agree with you. (laughs) This
2: is my all-time big mantra. You never take a no from somebody who's not empowered to give you a yes in the first place. And so that applies to getting a telephone installed or you know, getting the cable guy in, or it applies to a border guard in Tibet. There's a way to do it. There's always a way to do it. By the way, and the way to do it, which I wish more people would do, although they're usually too afraid to do it, is the big C word. You need to have a conversation. Talk to them. Yeah, too many people go, can I go there? And the answer is no. They don't know that first of all, you've got to establish common ground find out what they had for breakfast, what's interesting to them, learn from them. And then all of a sudden they'll go, hey, you want to come in? Uh, yeah, could I? Boom, you're in. Well, speaking of the conversation, I will tell you a story about how things work. I did a movie many years ago based on a story I did for Newsweek called Red Flag about an Air Force war game that's so realistic that people are actually getting killed. They're still doing the games today. It's done at Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada. And that was a two-hour movie we did for CBS. And when that movie aired, I got a call from the U.S. Navy saying, hey, we'd love to do a movie with you. What do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to do X. And they laughed at me and they said, it's never been allowed. It's never going to be happening. You can't do it. I said, well, if I could do it, who would be the person to give me permission? They said, "Sink Pack, Commander-in-Chief of the Pacific in Pearl. I said, can you get me an appointment to go see the Admiral? They go, why? you got to fly all the way to Hawaii so he can say no? I said, yeah. So they made me an appointment. And they gave me a 10-minute appointment with him at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Monday. So I flew over on a Saturday. I walked in to see him. He could care less about me. He was told to have the meeting. He didn't want to be there. It was an office the size of Grand Central Station. Everybody was in their dress whites. They didn't want me to be there. So it was like a courtesy call. I'd give him a commemorative coin and get him out. And when I walked in, and this is the difference, you seek out common ground. And I knew that I had maybe 15 seconds to figure out what the common ground was. And I got lucky because behind his desk was a photograph of a boat. And it turned out I knew the boat very well. And I said to him, is that a Bertram 31? He said, damn straight. I said, yeah, it's the best boat they ever built. He said, you're not kidding. And I said, let me guess. When you make a hard right turn, the engine cavitates and the water pump overflows, doesn't it? (laughs) And he goes, yeah. I said, look, here's how you fix it. You got to do a bypass on the impeller. And we just start talking like that. And. Ten minutes later, the officer's going to say, Admiral, your time is up. And he looked at me, he said, you got lunch plans? I said, I'm all yours. He said, OK, new at the officer's club. When that lunch was over, all hell broke loose in Pearl Harbor. All hell broke loose in the Pentagon because I was given the first top security clearance to go on a classified mission on an attack nuclear sub. Oh, wow. And when the Pentagon found out about it, they made the Admiral go with me <laughs> It turned out to be fabulous. Because what was I doing at the time? In addition to being a journalist, I was the head of television at Paramount. Now go do your homework and find out what came after that.
1: Red October, I'm guessing.
2: You got it. Oh, and, man. Yes. Now, I had nothing to do with the movie. I just allowed it to be made because they felt comfortable because they'd worked with me. But
1: congratulations.
2: But I, no, I had nothing to do with the movie except, I will tell you this, all the stuff you saw in that movie happened to us on that mission other than Sean Connery defecting.
1: Does the tip come first? Do you get a tip from somebody or is there already a story and you're just going deeper into it? I mean, how does it evolve?
2: It starts with relationships. I like to think of myself as a walking Rolodex. and so. I can make the calls that will be taken, usually not because of my sparkling personality, but because of the chair in which I sit. And you spend most of your time, and people don't get this. It's like me walking to the admiral's office asking if I could go on the sub. That's not how it gets done. You spend a lot of time not asking for it. The analogy would be, how do you get an upgrade on a plane? Well, you get to the airport, you see all these people standing around the counter, like the scene from Midnight Express. They're just walking in circles. And they've all asked the same question. Can I have an upgrade? And the answer is no, get out of here. Well, that's not how I do it. You know what I do in normal times, either at LAX or JFK? I will go out to the airport on a day. I have no plans to go anywhere, zero. But I will pick a terminal and I'll walk the counters at a time they're not busy, like 11 o'clock in the morning. And I get to know everybody. I talk to them about things that are interesting to them, things I can learn from, establish common ground, so that when something goes on, they call me. It's not me just showing up like I parachuted in and they don't know me from a hole in the ground. They do know me. And that means every day I wake up with a call list of 120 people. And of those 120 people, I can promise you, 90 of them, I have absolutely no agenda. I'm just calling to say hi and check in. I'm not asking for anything, nor would I. And at the end of the day, you know what happens to those 90 people when they're doing their own psychological post-mortem of how their day was? They liked me better because I was the only person not asking for anything at all. And so people forget, you've got to plant the seeds. You've got to establish the relationships. You've got to nurture them. You've got to establish trust. And out of that trust, then they'll feel comfortable if not telling you the whole story, at least pointing you in the right direction.
1: Do you get jaded by travel? You've done it so much, or do you still get surprised and amazed when you get off that airplane?
2: I get surprised every time, every time. And- the word surprise has extra meaning because think about all of your travel experiences. Nothing ever goes according to plan. The plan is the worst thing you could ever do. It's the worst four-letter word other than other things. Right. And so I remember I was on a flight going from New York to LA. So a one o'clock flight on Delta. I was sitting up in first class and I see all these maintenance guys come on the plane. I'm going, what's going on? I said, well, the front lavatory is overflowing. Not a good sign. And so it was a 757. Speaking of duct tape, and so these guys go up and they start duct taping the floor around the toilet and duct taping this. And they say, okay, we're all fixed. Well, I happen to know that the plumbing on a 757 is in line, which means that the front one's gonna go, the back one's gonna go. And sure enough, we push back from the gate. We get about 80 feet back. Somebody else wanted our gate, and they all start overflowing. So at this point, <laughs> they tow us to a marsh field somewhere in Queens, and we're not gonna go anywhere. I know this plane's done for the day. And they're sitting there, oh, they're going to send out buses. Well, remember, I know the guys at the counter. So I called them. I said, hey, let me tell you where I am. I said, oh, but your flight said it's departed. Listen to me. I'm looking at weeds here in (laughs) Queens. Can you get me on another flight? They said, yeah, we got one at 2.30, but you got to get over to gate 59. We have a ticket for you. So I said, "Okay." So all these guys are on the plane. All these guys with yellow vests. I see one guy with an orange vest, and they put up some portable stairs for the maintenance guys. And I go outside, and I waved at him, and he came up, and I said, Can I ask you a question? They just got me on another flight. They're holding it for me at gate 59. Can you get me over there? Well, he was the guy who ran the ramp at Kennedy, named Rocky. And he said, cop in my truck. So I hop in his truck. He introduces himself. We're driving three miles to get over to this gate. I'm on the cell phone letting him know I'm on the way. We have a great conversation because this guy's got the most interesting job at Kennedy. He runs the ramp. He sees everything, right? And I said, Rocky, your first name sounds like a bar fight written all over it. And he said, tell me about it. We start talking. And I get to the gate. I give him my card. I said, thank you so much, man. You saved me. They had my ticket there. This time was not a first-class ticket. It was coach. It was the only seat they had. No problem. I got to get on the plane. I get on the plane. Oh, and before I get on the plane, Rocky said, did you have any bags on the flight? I said, yeah, I had two. Because it was a Sunday. And normally, I FedEx my bags. But Sunday, you can't. So he said, you had two bags on the plane? I said, yeah. He said, "Okay." So now I go back to my seat. 35 k right? I'm the last (laughs) seat in coach with a window, right? And I'm sitting there. And now it's time for the 230 flight to push back. We push back from the gate. We get about 80 feet from the gate and we stop again. And I'm like, oh my God. And all of a sudden there's tapping on my window from the outside. (laughs) And I look and it's Rocky and a cherry picker going, got the bags. That's great. Well, guess what? We're lifelong friends now. We're Facebook buddies. We, what's up? In, and by the way, one of my best sources, because he knows, he sees everything.
1: Yeah, he absolutely. Everything. Welcome back. So we'd like to close out this episode by one, thanking Peter so much for his time. As busy as he is, we really do feel privileged that he spent this time with us. And if you'd like to learn more about Peter or follow Peter, I'm going to give you some social media outlets. First of all, you can go to his website, www.petergreenberg.com. You can listen to his show, Eye on Travel. You can catch him on PBS and CBS, and you can follow him on Instagram at, at Peter Greenberg. So again, thank you, Peter. And we'd also like to thank our team. We'd like to thank Chris Jordan, our copywriter, Annie Fernandez, our creative director, and of course, the amazing Lauren Campbell, our podcast producer. So please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on our show on your Provide podcast app or by going to www.destination-everywhere.com. And let us know what travel advice you'd like to hear next time on Destination Everywhere. Safe travels.
0: You've just tuned in to another episode of Destination Everywhere with travel and hospitality entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. To access the show notes and other helpful resources, visit www.americanmeetings.com. Join us again next week for another bucket list filled show as we feature another travel worthy destination. Until next time, travel well and be safe out there.